Welcome back to Wake Up Springfield. Pastor Alex Bryant here, joined by Elijah Har from the Elijah Har Show. How are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you doing, Alex? Doing very well. Thanks for um, joining us. So, hey, listen, I want to get your expert opinion because you are obviously one of the smartest guys I know, very connected. I want to go nationally, and then I'm going to bring it back to the state, okay? So now give me some quick hitters on this national stuff. I just want to get your opinion on these things, okay? What's the Supreme Court? What's their decision going to be? Uh, the Supreme Court's clearly going to reinstate Trump and rule against Colorado and Maine. The really only question that everybody's wondering is, will it be 9-0 or will it be something like an 7-2? I think it's going to be 9-0. Elena Kagan, the intellectual leader of the left, clearly wants the court to, to rule against Colorado and Maine. I think she looked to her left and looked to her right and realized, listen, there's six conservatives on here. If we throw Trump off ballots in state, it's only going to be a matter of time before they start throwing Biden off. And, and that's just one more step towards a national divorce. Okay. So then will this, we know because it's Colorado and Maine, but will this then shut down all the other lawsuits that are pending in all these other states? Yeah, I think so. And, and, and a lot of it depends on the grounds that they rule on. You know, Kavanaugh pointed out that Trump has never been convicted of an insurrection, uh, which is the reasoning they wanted to remove him. Uh, so, you know, if they, if they find on grounds of, well, he's never been convicted, we might have this battle happen again. I think Roberts will look for a way to say that states cannot individually decide who gets to be on the ballot no matter what, that that's always going to have to be a national decision uh, just to avoid this situation coming up. Because some of the hypotheticals yesterday, you know, Alita asked a hypothetical about what if somebody gives comfort and aid to our enemies, e.g., what if we gave money to Iran? And obviously creating some hypotheticals that a state could argue, well, this is this is the reason we need to throw Joe Biden off the ballot. Yeah. Okay, final question on this topic, because we're going to be breaking this down um, later on in the show with other legal analysis. Um, so if this is this going to be the end of it, or will they look for some other you know procedural thing to bring it back up again? I think this will be the end of, of the debate on putting Trump or taking Trump off the ballot. You know, both We had several Missouri connections to the Supreme Court yesterday. Both Will Scharf and uh, um, Jay Ashcroft and uh, an attorney out of Jeff City, Hazy Sassete, all three of them were in the Supreme Court yesterday. I talked to all three of them yesterday, and, and they said this is, this is sort of the last thing. Yeah. Well, cool deal. And then um, let's, let's um, switch gears a little bit. Now you have the situation with the um the classified documents they didn't they're not charging biden but they charged trump first initial thoughts on that you know here's the deal um we all know that what joe biden did and what donald trump did was almost the same thing the big difference between the two is that Joe Biden was the vice president and Donald Trump was the president. And there's an argument that the president has the ability to do what he wants to, to, to open these types of documents or not. I don't know that either one is pure as the driven snow, but I know that anybody that thinks that what Trump did was somehow worse than what Biden did is clearly a partisan hack. Now, the bigger part of all this is less about the, 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 the documents and more about the decision not to charge Biden yesterday. The wording in that particular document that they are not going to charge him was so bad for Joe Biden because it, it basically said he was incompetent, he was elderly, he couldn't remember when he was vice president. 
it was so bad for him. I think it, it, it at least doubles the, uh, the, the, the chance that he's not the nominee for the Republic or the Democratic Party in the next cycle. Yeah, so that's the next thing I want to go to with you. And this is now we're getting into some purely irresponsible speculation. So if not Joe, then who? And don't give me this Pritzker mess anymore. I hope you're not still on him from Illinois. I am. Uh, oh, here's, there's five, in, there are five candidates that I think could put together a national campaign in a hurry. They are Kamala Harris. They are Mayor Pete, both because both of them already ran for president yeah, once. Yeah. Gavin Newsom, yeah. uh, J.B. Pritzker, okay. and Michelle Obama. Okay, Those so. are the five people that between name ID or money could put together a presidential campaign in, in short order. And so I would say if if Joe decides to step down, if he's pushed out by the party elders, it, one of those five names is the most likely person to be the nominee. Okay, now I got to blow some holes in two of those, okay? And because I'm gonna, I'm going to be with you with obviously Newsom, Kamala just because she's there, Michelle Obama. I said this I don't know two months ago because I, I, at first I was like no, 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 and but I admitted that I was wrong. And here's the only big thing about Obama, Michelle Obama over Kamala. And this is one black woman can would not ever dog or diss or tear down another one. Kamala would have to disqualify herself or step down in order for Michelle to do that. Now, they may have be having these talks right now, but you're talking this goes beyond politics. This goes to the culture. And with these two powerful black women, they would never do that to each other. There'd have to be some kind of agreement. That's the first thing on that one. Um, now, yep. now, so let me just go to Pritzker. Pritzker is a complete, total mess. He has no wins in Illinois. My cousin is here with me, came in last night from Illinois. He's a police officer there. He doesn't even like J.D. Pritzker. And this dude's a Democrat as they come. No one in Illinois likes J.D. Pritzker. How do you think that he's going to run a national campaign? Because nobody cares about how popular you are in your home state. If, if I'm from Massachusetts, I don't care how popular a presidential candidate is in Illinois. Think about these data points. J.B. Pritzker is one of the 10 richest people in the United States. He got some money. He spent, he spent $100 million of his own money just to ensure that the, the 2024 Democratic National Convention is in Chicago. He wants it on his turf in his backyard. He may not be the guy. He's got the biggest strike against him is he's a white male Democrat. The, 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 the Democrats don't want to pick that. He's got no, no ability to appeal to the minority base. But J.B. Pritzker wants to be in that conversation. He may not be the nominee, but I think he will be one of the, one of the five finalists that's either a decision maker or on the national yeah. ticket. I mean, his family's got some money. There's no denying. But let me just say this, too, and I'm a big dude. But I don't think the people want a big dude that they appears like a big sloppy dude. You know what I mean? It's like that's the that's kind of where people look you at. You know, that's a unique thing. I, I had never really thought about that. And then um, we did a we did analysis last year, and we looked at the U.S. Senate. And in the U.S. Senate, I don't think you can find one dramatically overweight individual. The closest we could get to was John Tester from Montana. and And basically the conversation piece we got to was – People that are vastly overweight struggle to win statewide or, or national office. And I think that's an interesting data point that you bring up. Yeah. And I'm a big dude. I mean, that it is, you know. So, okay, I want to go to the state real fast. We only got a couple minutes left here. I was up there in Jeff City the other day. And, you know, you're still seeing the gridlock here. Here's what, and I, I want your comment on this. 
they they had all the stuff with Lincoln Huff. He was trying to bring his bill, and they wanted to everybody wanted to table it so they can get to the IP reform. You know, they wanted to put it on the informal calendar, if you will. So all the senators did that. Lincoln Huff was taking about 30, 40 minutes. Bill Igel comes in and and just, I mean, he, you know, just goes off on, on um, Lincoln Huff, whatever, whatnot. However, so, but the thing is, they get to, back to the IP reform, and they say, oh, we're not ready with our bill. So help me with this. Why in the world are they trying to hold everything up if their bill's not even ready? Um. Listen, everybody, I think, inside and outside the bill, building is frustrated with, with what's going on. And, and there's a couple problems. Number one, it no longer matters if you're a conservative or a moderate. It, being a conservative is not enough for some people. You have to tactically and tonally, you have to yell about it. You have to be angry about it. You have to throw things and blow things up. Otherwise, you're not considered principled enough to certain people. The second part of this is, the idea of initiative petition reform has changed about 20 times since last year. It used to be pretty simple. We're going to require 60% of the vote to amend the Constitution. It keeps changing now. It's 50% of the vote in a certain amount of districts. It's become very confusing and convoluted. And I think at this point, honestly, nobody really thinks that initiative petition reform has a chance of passing at the ballot box. The wow. third problem you've got is conservatives don't, we want tax cuts. We want uh, pro-life bills. We want the the thing is is that conservatives want an end. The initiative petition reform that's just a means to an end. If we win, all we get is another battle. It's not the final end in of itself. And so I think there's a lot of people that are like, why are we mortgaging this much political capital for something that is just we still have to go through the entire battle again. It doesn't actually get us any closer to conservative principles. Elijah, man, I thank you for your time. Wish we had more. We got a hard break. We got to get out of here. Elijah Hart Show, 4 to 6, every weekday. Check him out.